1: how the left has won you know we live in a country as constitutional loving conservatives the disciples of liberty are here to defend the u.s constitution defend freedom many of you who listen to this show love freedom love liberty but the fact of the matter is we've lost it we have given up so much ground can we get it back we look at it, and the left's influence over the country's institutions and their ideological views have only increased in recent years. This was a decisive plan by the left years ago to infiltrate our institutions. They seem to always portray themselves as the victims, being victimized, declaring itself to be the resistance. mysis um, did a great study on this, uh, mysis.org. Um, they've made numerous predictions the left has of doom in which the opponents of the left would gain control over the world's population. In this view, the nation is always just a few days away from enduring a mixture of social Darwinism and theocracy as imposed by libertarians and conservatives like us. When we look at what happened under the Trump presidency and how good the world was, even with COVID, gas wasn't expensive, we didn't have food shortages, we had a great economy. People weren't losing tons of money in stocks, but we still had the government control over our healthcare, and that's likely not to ever go away. Most states, in fact, had expanded the Medicaid Gun control laws have become more stringent, not less. Government spending had risen to unprecedented levels, and almost no political candidate at the federal level would seriously argue in favor of any substantial cuts. We hear more and more anti-Christian rhetoric, and it has become more fashionable than ever to bash your Christian neighbors. So now that any Christian who actually practices his or her religion, we are going to be known as religious zealots. Even minor deviations from the demanded orthodoxy, such as like Chris Pratt's lack of enthusiasm for Joe Biden, earns hate campaigns from the guardians of the public opinion, the media, the big internet corporations like Facebook. They have embraced the left and they are pushing it upon our children to a point where I don't believe we can ever recoup the country we have. And these trends have accelerated over recent years. The left has consolidated, increased its control over academia, over the media, over social media firms, Hollywood, the recording industry, and corporate America. In other words, outside some legislative and legal institutions and a shrinking handful of religious institutions, the left controls our nation's education, cultural, artistic, and media institutions, and it's very firmly implanted and very safe. They don't feel threatened at all. If the success is enjoyed by Republicans and conservatives under Trump, has offered any meaningful opposition to this, it lies only in the fact that we slowed these trends for a few years. But by no measure have we tended to stop or reverse the takeover of our country by socialists. Why have they been so successful? Well, I'm going to give you just my opinion before I get into the Mises Institute's answers to this. In my opinion, conservatives are busy. We work, we try to generate money, we like to play, we have fun. So we've relied on elected officials to protect our liberty and freedom, and they haven't. They don't care to. This is both on the local and the federal level. We have put it in the hands of people who are owned by outside forces. We have to look at our involvement in politics. And this is why the left fears former President Donald Trump so much is because he was the only person that could get conservatives out of their normal everyday work and get them to show up on, in mass at rallies. And he still can generate that. And they fear that. Because if we can unite like the left unites We can take this country back. But uniting us is very difficult because most conservatives are very independent, very business-oriented, and everybody wants to be in charge. They don't want to be told what to do. But the Mises Institute went on to say that the reasons for this, the three reasons that stand out, that the left long ago recognized the importance of education in forming America's ideology. They take a long-term view. They were willing to accept partial victories. And we, as conservative Republicans, were willing to give them small victories. They ate the elephant one bite at a time while we let them. And the wins we get, the victories we get are very few and far between. Now, some will say that the recent Roe versus Wade overturn was a massive victory. Some of the gun rulings were massive victories, but they're not. Because the states are so indoctrinated, the states are gonna make their own laws and we're still going to have these things throughout the nation. Why is it that the left has a better grasp on this? Well, the warnings were written in the Founding Fathers documents to watch and to protect um, our institutions, our schools, our children. The left long ago mastered the art of intellectual activism. What is intellectual activism? If you look at what legal scholar David Yamada says, he gives you a definition, quote, intellectual activism involves conducting and publishing original research and analysts that then applying that work to the tasks of reforming and improving the law, legal systems, and the legal profession. Profession. He referred to intellectual activism within the field of law, but of course it can be applied to any number of fields within economics. Intellectual activists conduct research, provide analysis, and then apply that work to reforming political and economic institutions in their way of thinking. Historians do work similar to this in their own fields. In recent decades, the left had dominated intellectual activism, and it has grown to the point of dominating most fields. Um, Left-wing historians, sociologists, anthropologists, legal scholars, and economists routinely publish studies illustrating their views. Not their facts, but their views. This is a serious issue with people here in America, is we are accepting views opinions as fact. But it doesn't stop there. Journalists, pundits, and artists then cite these studies, rehash them, popularize them, and repack them for public consumption. Hollywood will take a view of somebody's opinion on the left and put it out there as fact to our children. College professors, high school teachers will take these opinions and, and put it in your children's minds as facts. And then our children tend to believe it. Then, by doing that, it's passed on to the next generation of scholars, the people who want to become the next teachers. And our school teachers in training, and they become parrots for the elected officials. And the elected officials become parrots of the media. And even though they know they're spewing lies, they don't care because these views have filtered down to the voting public, the TV viewer at home, and the school children in the classroom. This was a Marxist idea on how to conquer America without violence by doing it through these sources, and they have accomplished it. That's why I say I doubt... There is a way anymore to turn this ship around. You have to tell me if I'm wrong. Now, there are other intellectual activists offering differing views, like me and the people on the America Out Loud network. We try and put out there, but we tend to stick to real facts, to real issues that are out there. Not just things we notice, but we try to back it up. Mind you, today's show is my opinion on how the left has won. It's sort of like how the West was won, how the left had won. They were in the long game, and conservatives didn't even join the game. If these scholars, these people who were fighting the left's ability to conquer us, and through research and dissidents, the people who are fighting on our side did not exist, their success of the left would even be more complete. But dissenting views by people like me are being more marginalized. And we are more and more in the minority. Lou Rockwell noted that a new BBC poll reported in November 2009 finds that only 11% of people questioned around the world and 29,000 people were asked their opinions in this poll, think that free market capitalism was a good thing. The rest believe in more government regulation, not smaller government. As to those who would despair at this poll, considered that this might have been much worse if it were not for the efforts of a handful of intellectuals, a handful of people like the people on America Out Loud, who have fought against socialist theory for more than a century. It might have been 99% in support of socialist tyranny. So there is no sense in saying that our efforts are wasted, but we're losing. It's not a winning effort. We're not gaining ground. But yet there are so many on the right who want to completely abandon the field to the left. For those of us involved in the work of intellectual activism, We've heard something like this many times. We don't have time to read books or spread ideas. We need to win elections now. And this stuff about spreading ideas and changing ideology will never work. Well, folks, how did winning your elections work out? Because I know here in Utah, during the primary elections, the incumbent Republicans that are so left-leaning won by a majority. And it's because the voters are not educated as to what is important in this world today. So people say, stop using this method. Stop using this changing the ideology of our children and trying to embrace and teach people. The left has employed these methods so successfully for decades. Why is it that we're not copying them? After 12 years of public schooling or indoctrination, four years of university indoctrination or education, and a lifetime of watching TV why mom and dad work, and Hollywood movies, most people are fully steeped in the left's ideology. If you notice, Hollywood will fire and get rid of anybody who leans right. But Mises has a plan that will undo all those years of conditioning just in time for the 2024 elections. Needless to say, this isn't an exact recipe for success. The left wins because not only improper voting, but they win because leftists understand that if the goal is to win elections now, one must first lay the groundwork that makes the public open to one's ideological agenda. Sometimes this work can take decades without doing the necessar- necessary and time-consuming work beforehand. However, long-term failure is assured. This is why leftists have spent so much time writing books, teaching classes, getting graduate disease, uh, degrees, <laughs> it is a disease, but uh, degrees, becoming journalists, and editing newspapers. They know that ideas matter and that the long-term goal of any ideological movement depends on spreading ideas through scholarships, media, and art. In other words, the left has long understood that politics is downstream from culture. If we want to change political institutions, we must first change cultural, educational, and intellectual institutions. Once the public's ideas have been changed, political change will uh, will follow. Number two, the left takes a long-term view. Everybody has said that the left's game was a long-term game. They didn't conquer our schools overnight. They didn't conquer Hollywood overnight. They didn't buy out all the TV and media overnight. Many conservatives and libertarians like to declare defeat at the earliest opportunity. We are often reminded of this defeatism when we hear phrases like, oh, well, We'll never get those freedoms back. The government will never give up the powers they have accumulated over time. But never is a very long time. Consider the following two statements. The Soviet Union will never give up its rule over Russia and all the other republics of the USSR, right? The Roman Empire will never allow Christians to worship legally and in peace, Right? Now, it took hundreds of years for some of these changes, but change can happen. It's true that the time frame for breaking the Soviet rule was 70 years. It took the Christians three centuries to obtain an edict for, uh, from the emperor to practice. But it's a good thing the freedom fighters in Russia and the Roman Empire never had modern day conservatives and libertarians around to assure them that their attempts at gaining more freedom were futile and impractical. I get it, folks. In many cases, these people who insist good things will never happen recognize that things are different in the long term. But if that is the belief, why not emphasize it? leftists, in contrast to conservatives, are quick to emphasize their belief that they will have the long-term victory with phrases like these. It's just a matter of time until we win. We're on the right side of history. When we take over, we'll machine gun everyone we don't like. This is how leftists approach the world. Meanwhile, many of us, conservatives, libertarians, spend our time debating whether or not we should give up and retreat to a mountain compound right now, or maybe wait after the next election. We're not participating in the indoctrination of our own, of our own children. I know many conservatives who have left-leaning children because they didn't balance out the education their children were getting by the left in schools. How exactly do the leftists execute their long-term strategy? They accept small victories. Here's something we never hear from the left. Well, we got the legislation we wanted. it's time to declare victory and rest on our laurels. Republicans do. Here's the reality. The left pushed and pushed for Obamacare. And then when it was passed, not for more than five minutes, the left began advocating for Medicare for all. They never stopped. Imagine if the left managed to win a federal mandate for a $15 minimum wage. Does anyone seriously believe the demands would stop there? They'd never stop hearing about it. The need for a 17, for a 20, and on and on. The left just keeps getting a win. We give them a small win, and then they want more. They take more. They are not happy until they'll have the complete domination of America as a socialist country. That's just facts, folks. Left people are willing to take partial victories one step at a time. We are never going to hear a leftist say, if I call for a $15 minimum wage, that implies I don't think a $20 an hour wage is needed. Therefore, I will oppose any wage mandate below $20. Yet a sizable and vocal contingent of conservatives and libertarians use this line all the time. And we hear it from our politicians. We hear it from every one of our Republican elected people and listen to this very carefully. Quote, why if I support a ban on late term abortion that implies I think abortion is fine, or if I support a cut to the income tax that implies I think income taxes are fine. We must be opportunists in dismantling the state. The state the leftists control. Here's a real-world example. In 2015, Colorado pro-gun activists had almost everything they needed to increase magazine limits to 30 rounds, almost totally undoing a 2013 Democratic-passed bill reducing magazine limits to 15 rounds. Clearly, this would have been a significant victory for gun freedom. But then Rocky Mountain gun owners stepped in to prevent the passage of the bill by threatening elected officials with primaries if they voted for the change. If you let them limit max to 30 rounds, that implies we accept limits of any kind. The pro-gun activists huffed, so they killed the bill. To this day, magazine limits are still 15 rounds instead of 30. Why don't we go for the small victory and then go for a 45, then go for a 50? We're just not good. The short-sighted and half-witted strategy can be contrasted with the strategy of the abolitionists. Rothbard understood that it's important to always hold aloft the ultimate goal, which is the evisceration of state power. But as with the abolitionists, it is important to also accept even partial victories, so long as these partial victories move us closer to the goal we ultimately want to achieve the left understands this a great many of libertarians and conservatives on the other hand have not yet figured this out why why is it that we as a people do not understand what is going on the Mises Institute is an amazing organization um when you look at Joseph T. Salerno's article from 2015 on Mises on how to break the state, it was about strategy for abolishing of diminishing government, not totally taking it over in one full sweep. Many libertarians are led astray by using a false dichotomy. The state, they say, can either be smashed in one swift fell blow or it can be rolled back gradually according to a predetermined plan. These are, they say, the only two alternatives. But there are a number of problems with framing the issue in these terms. First and foremost, uh, demolitionism is not a strategy, but a fantasy. It is the product of idle musings of zealous young converts to libertarianism. This means and goals of, of it cannot be coherently stated. It is supposed to be the aim of uh, people who want to cause the state to vanish literally overnight or in the time it takes for politicians, bureaucrats, and military leaders to pack up and clear out of their office or be forcibly marched out and jailed. And what actions are they supposed to undertake and induce the proprietors of the state to just abandon it? You're not going to get government to just abandon the power they've achieved, accomplished. Are they counting on a brilliant propaganda campaign to cause a spontaneous conversion of libertarianism among legislatures, judges, and members of the executive branch? Or do they incite a populist tax revolt and possibly a mutiny among the lower ranks of the armed forces that puts an abrupt end to the state? This entire notion of overthrowing a state, especially one as powerful and as entrenched and beloved as the United States, is so fantastical that it's difficult to believe that any libertarian would defend this position. What Rothbard really said was, now someone may respond that Murray Rothbard in his article, Do You Hate the State?, positioned a distinction between what he called gradualist and abo- uh, abolitionist. But here he was not distinguishing among strategists, but intellectual and emotional attitudes towards the state. He thus basically said that we should understand that we have to eat this loaf of bread one bite at a time. Who else said that? Remember Reagan? If we're going to keep our freedom, we need to take it one bite at a time. If the elephant, we can't just grab it. We as conservatives have to be opportunists. If not the absurd and fruitless program of, of taking it over in one night, we have to take a gradualist strategy. How do we do that? How do we educate the people around us that even the Republicans we have serving us are bad? We need to roll back the state step by step rather than leaping right from status quo to the minimal state or stateless society. We have to fight. We have to do it smart. We have to get involved. Corporate welfare is a very realistic target that we could start at. It's an opportunity of getting rid of social welfare programs in the foreseeable future. But if we start it with the corporate, the corporations, the left would actually embrace that a lot on the left. So we have to look for things that we can sway some of them to our side in thinking and eat away at their victories and give ourselves a small victory. You're listening to the Disciples of Liberty on the America Out Loud Network. How do you help? How do you participate? This is a very good educational show. Are you sharing this on your social media? Are you sharing it on Instagram, Twitter, Telegraph, Facebook? Whatever it is you have, are you sharing it? Are you having adult conversations with people or are you just going out there and yelling at people? We have to base our arguments calmly with adult conversations, folks. As we achieve small victories, we have to take them. We have to stop telling our elected officials that fight this because there's no victory. We have to look at what we're gaining and what we're losing. And if we're gaining more than what we're losing, we need to take some of these deals. Because folks, it's not just going to be given to us. Never in a hundred years is the left or the right going to give up the power they have in Washington overnight. So we have to trick them into giving us small victories. With small victories we can take back our freedom, our liberty, our constitution our Bill of Rights, folks. But it all starts with participation. How do we do it? How do we get involved? Well, we need to work together. We need to unite together. Donald Trump knew that uniting the people who wanted freedom was very important. And the left is attacking that still to this day. The most important thing on their agenda is making sure they crush the conservative religious zealots that threaten their power we'll see you on the flip side folks
0: hygiene hasn't changed in 50 years. Brush, floss, repeat. We're told to use fluoride, which doesn't really address the acid-creating bacteria. That is where the dentist-recommended Spry Dental Defense System shines. Spry products contain xylitol, a natural sugar, which helps get rid of those nasty, smelly acid-creating bacteria in our mouth. The best way to care for your teeth and gums is by using Spry the Spry Dental Defense System has a wide variety of products. Toothpaste, mouthwash, mints, and chewing gums that are designed to work together to keep your teeth clean and mouth healthy and smelling sweet all day long. To get your oral care back on track in an easy, effective, and very tasty way, switch to Spry today. Ask your dentist about Xylitol and the Spry products. Spry can be found online and at all fine natural product retailers.
1: Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a free ebook on everything you need to know about HOCL and receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. Welcome back Disciples of Liberty part two of how the left has won folks it, it's it's no secret we know that the left controls most of our institution we know it's no secret that the left Hollywood stars most directors are all left they're woke but I can remember years ago where people would star in movies celebrating America so how did we get there There is a site out there called hollywoodintoto.com. He says that Hollywood is just another one of the many casualties of the left's dominance of America's culture. It's the same way the culture went woke and lost its soul. A few studio executives make few decisions. A few actors realize if they share the same woke virtue signaling on social media, they'll get more attention, more positive press. And it goes from there. So when you look at how Hollywood works, if a star goes out there and complains about um, what's going on in America, then it's only going to be obvious that people on the internet will respond to them and people on the internet will talk to um, they'll get more media time they'll get more tv time they'll get more of everything but it all pretty much still goes back to education education in this year's primary elections was one of the biggest concerns for parents, teachers, and everyone else who believes that what children get from school is a major factor in their success in life and in their commitment to making a positive contribution to society, right? We all know that. But the purpose of education today is very different than it was for children in the 50s, 60s, even 70s, 80s. And this change have been imposed by progressive, liberal, left, educational experts. Schooling used to be about equipping students to succeed in life, right? Being able to count your money, being able to run a business, being able to do science, math, whatever it was. These days, with very, very few exceptions, it's about politicizing everything that's taught, so that as many people as possible are indoctrinated into the radical progressive left ideology, thus blinding their adult lives with discontent grievances, mostly as resulting of being conditioned to view all, set, all life setbacks as a form of oppression. The most pressing problems facing most school children is how to avoid being bullied, right? Becoming part of a mutually protective friendship group works best and how to find some way of making classes enjoyable by learning to attend to lessons or being the class clown. These days, they have to worry about having the right opinions and not upsetting those who have minority privileges in case um, the worst follows. This, this is just it. So um, in the old days, children and parents relied on the teachers to teach something interesting and useful and to inspire their pupils to become worthwhile members of society, whatever their um, goals were in life. Today, it's more fashionable to blame our supposedly racist, white, patriarchal, capitalist society for everything felt by those lacking sufficient self-respect or to do something worthwhile with their lives. In fact, the blame rightly lies with those who have ruined the education system by abandoning the traditional syllabus and teaching methods in favor of an educational culture that puts down Western civilization, puts down Christian values, and says that moral principles on which Christian values and our civilization were born and based on are obsolete, The reason why so many young people today feel rootless and aimless is because they have never learned to respect the achievements of their ancestors, whose legacy they squander. They have not developed enough self-respect to aspire to leave a legacy of their own that will in turn inspire others. Even if what the children were taught in the 50s and 60s didn't seem that useful to them at the time, they were still expected to leave school equipped to get a job and knowing how to behave properly when in polite society. If they were high achievers, they might be lucky enough to enter higher education. The aim remained the same, to be, comp- to be able to compete in a real world. And whilst in school, they were expected to learn self-discipline, self-reliance, resourcefulness and self-responsibility rather than blame their misfortunes and setbacks on everybody else. In other words, they were expected to start growing up, to accept that no one is perfect and that not getting what one wants happens to almost everyone. And it's better to acquire wisdom than collect grievances against your neighbor's. These days, school children are referred to as students, which implies that they are capable of taking far more responsibility for their lives and educational progress than is often the case. Their teachers take pride in being experts who know the best. The contradiction is laid bare when a child who fails to learn what is expected in terms of a victim of society or having a problem that requires psychology or medical intervention as is increasingly the case in today's world. This is an additional dose of ideological indoctrination. Folks, we are in trouble because our children are being indoctrinated. What is not permitted is any consideration of the right of the child or parents to reject this political indoctrination. You then become the terrorist, the Rebel, the the person who upsets the school board meeting. This lack of such consideration demonstrates how intellectually malformed and morally undeveloped are the people inflicting this child abuse, the teachers, the principals, Hollywood, corporations, because that's exactly what it is, folks. In America, there have always been political issues about schooling. Don't get me wrong there have always been things like racial integration. Racial tensions have been common, and the idea that classroom itself should be politicized is a fairly recent idea. Traditionally, politics was supposed to be kept out of the classroom. Those fights should happen in the legislature. But today, radical progressive left uh, and the political indoctrination is now an integral part of the schooling of our children. Which means that all dissenting opinions must be suppressed. All education imparts a worldview, but in the days of traditional schooling, it was expected that the parents would take responsibility for shaping their own children's worldview. So that some worldly wisdom influenced learning. Wise parents still try to do this, but they have also have to undo the stupefying indoctrination imposed at school on their computers on their TVs, and in their music. This is very complicated because schools are trying to turn children into enforcers of political correctness so that they're likely to become alienated from their parents unless their parents assent to what is being done. This is exactly the technique that Hitler used in Germany, Stalin used in the USSR, and Mao used in China to ensure that all dissent was detected and destroyed early. You had children turning in their own parents in Germany. You had people turning in their own parents, neighbors, friends in Russia. And the same thing happened in Mao's China. For much of the past 60 years, taking control of our education system in the West has been the goal of the progressive left, and they have completely won almost. In most schools, children are being subjected to constant neo-Marxist propaganda designed to turn them into anti-Western, anti-white, anti-male, anti-heterosexual, anti-capitalist, and anti-Christian people, anti-individualist, anti-free speech. They are becoming political robots and tools of the left. Much of that is essential to learning how to live a fulfilling, productive um, life spiritually uplifting 60 years ago the standard method of instruction in children's education in the west was to impart information that had to be learned to enter the world of work and to deliver training and mental skills and conduct that would uh, ensure social acceptability reading writing and reckoning were all learned in schools Not anymore. It's no accident that the first student revolts occurred in universities in the 60s because these were the first institutions infiltrated by Marxist ideologies. So from there, it filtered down to colleges and schools have now reached early year classes, first grade, second grade, third grade. Only homeschooling can guarantee avoidance of this. Should we just blame the radical progressive left for ruining the education system because they're responsible for the millions of disaffected young people in the West? Or do we need to look at ourselves for allowing it to happen in the first place, folks? This is where we're at. This is the nation we live in today. And this is a problem, folks. This is a severe problem that we have to deal with and it's not being dealt with very well. Alright, you've all heard Malcolm and the great doctor Peter McCullough talk about the pulverone iodine-based nasal spray Kofix RX. They talk about it because it's a product that actually works in combating colds, flus, and coronaviruses. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. It's simple. By attacking viruses where they incubate, you make it easier for your body to heal. Check out the Kofix RX banner ad on AmericaOutloud.com and save 20% by using promo code out loud so the world used to be freer and the left doesn't like that and so they've taken over our schools like we've talked about they've they've taken over a lot of things in our life they're upset that they haven't taken over a hundred percent of media Media like the America Out Loud Network is still in existence, and they really don't want it. Fox News, which is becoming more and more unreliable, is still out there. But we look at this. They write that uh, they're trying to end everything. Now, talk radio, Fox has much of the attention. What really has an option an opportunity to break the left's control over our children, over our corporations, is the internet. Before the invention, one needed a large investment in a printing press or a broadcast tower to engage a massive audience. Now, all one needed was a few hundred dollars for a basic computer and internet service. And you can be impactful on what's going on in the world today. The web shattered barriers to entry and suddenly pent-up demand for information free of non-progressive bias met an onrush of supply. The left liberalization has been vast, the takeover of the world. Advances in mobile telephone technology now makes it possible for an ever-growing portion of humanity to know, to do what only a few cameramen and photographers working for premier outlets were able to do it just 15 years ago. Record the news as it happens, send it around the world in seconds. We look at this and we have to ask ourselves, how are we utilizing the best methods we have to take back a little bit of our country. Social media like Twitter, meanwhile, has taken the place of wire services like the Associated Press or Reuters, at least in the segment of the market devoted to the delivery of raw news. Uh, The transmission of events without comment, context, or background. Social media like Twitter have made an impactful thing on the elections and everything else in the world. Twitter beat mainstream media, the Associated Press and Reuters, on the execution of Osama bin Laden and Whitney Houston's overdose. The niece of the person who found Houston's body tweeted out the news. Uh, because every niece, nephew, or witness to history will henceforth have access to social media. You could be the reporter, the first person to break news. And that is terrifying, and that is why I believe, and this is just my opinion, that the left has put such a emphasis on taking over um, everything and taking it over quickly because they're starting to get um, groups of people protesting them. And that's why they're going after Trump. If they can crush Trump, then they can crush the conservative, the Christian conservative um, revolution in this country. And we can't let that happen. We can't let, no matter what happens with Trump, we can't let it affect how we respond to corruption. And we have to stay together. How do we rally uh, and get millions of people to show up at protests? Republicans, conservatives, conservatives, Christians, we work. We're hardworking people. It's a lot easier for the left, but we have to make it easier for us. We have to start to sacrifice our time, our efforts, our money. I mean, buy an FM radio station in your own state. They're getting cheaper, you know? Start launching conservative people talking about what's going on in your neighborhood. We're trying to do that here in Utah. We have a lot of things going on in the world today. And people like Zuckerberg, Twitter, are trying to shut down conservatives' usage of their platforms to get information out there. Uh, You know, fact checkers, which is totally garbage, is one of the terminologies they use to shut down people. When we look at what is going on, because commentary is winning the day with the ratings. Journalists are being forced to drop this facade um, facade about impartiality. Now we know what always suspected. We know that Chris Matthews, Andrea Mitchell, Nina Totenberg are very liberal, And we know that because they've outed themselves. We know that Fox still leans a little right and MSNBC leans left and NBC, ABC, and CBS um, say they are neutral, but we know they lean left. It's just facts. They can't hide it. We know what the New York Times is doing. We know what the Washington Post is doing. It's not hard to uh, decipher what their intentions, what their belief systems are in the world today. It's just not. When the source of revenue shifted from party coffers to ads from companies selling detergent or breakfast cereal, newspapers adopted what they could, that they were impartial. Now they're not impartial. Um, Newspapers have pretty much come out, and everybody knows that they are liberal. Media's liberation from the liberal monopoly has been the beginning of the end of an era of compromise during which both parties used to collude over rising government spending. The left began its stranglehold over the knowledge industry with patronage under the new deal. And we look at it on how much is going on. We have a country that is in trouble because of indoctrination. It's in trouble to people like me. It's not in trouble to people like um, some of my friends on the left or Nancy Pelosi or even a Mitt Romney. This is what their intentions have always been. See, if you can crush the middle class, the middle class is, is typically not dependent on government. They don't take government handouts, they work, they pay a small amount of taxes. Uh, They work really hard. They raise their kids. They take their kids to sports. But if you can destroy the economy, which is happening today now, and put gas prices out of reach of everybody. I mean, a million dollars in today's economy is almost like $100,000 five years ago. They have made it so that it is almost impossible for people to live on their own with what they make because of inflation. Corporations have bought into the destruction of American liberty, too. They have. It's the only thing that can explain anything that's going on. We have a government that is trying to take away mainstream jobs, self-sufficient people, conservative Christians, people who love the Constitution, and eradicate them from our society. So we need to start writing our own articles. We need to start venting our own stories on social media. We need to inundate the Zuckerbergs or we need to leave in mass. We need to leave in mass, but we also need conservative people, conservative business owners to step up and do something for society instead of themselves, instead of buying the boat, buy a radio station pitch in, help people get things launched that will unite people. We need things being mailed out. We need newsletters going out to all the Trumpers in the world. But nobody wants to sign up, give their email address. Nobody on the right wants to participate like the people on the left do. These are just facts. Facts are harsh, people. It, it is tough. We have to look at what's going on. People are trying to tell us that, the left is trying to tell us that there is this human craving for trustworthy information about the world we live in, and that's why fact checker, checkers and people like that are taking out the conservative, because conservative people are liars. We have this January 6th commission that is investigating President Trump to remove him from our lives, to remove him from politics once and for all. For those of us that was there on January 6th, we know the infiltration that took over. We know the corruption that existed with the left at that event. We know, but nobody's going to ask any of us to show up because it's all left-leaning. There's no conservatives on the commission. This is a tar and feather. This is as bad as the witch hunts in Salem what are we doing about it? We're buying into the rhetoric. More and more people are buying into the rhetoric of what happened without ever being there because people are telling them what the truth is. People on the left are saying Google, Facebook, Twitter should step up and promote a higher quality of coverage and give more news out there. I don't want Zuckerberg in charge of my information, do you? I mean, come on, folks. We live in a harsh reality. We live in a reality where the left has basically given us knockout blows. Republicans, people running on the right will tell us they're going to go back to Washington and save it. There is no savior in Washington, D.C. right now. Washington, D.C. is a cesspool of corruption. And nobody is trying to get small victories for the conservative anymore. Nobody. We live in a world where they are trying to crush the conservative Christian. I don't care if you're, you're Protestant, Lutheran, Catholic, Baptist, Seventh-day Adventist. I, I don't care what your religion is. If we don't unite around Christianity, if we don't unite around the Constitution, folks, we'll never have any semblance of freedom going forward. And we, we have almost none now. I mean, the reality of it is you still might have a pretty decent life. But it is a life controlled by government. And this is what we don't want. We don't want government control over our lives. At least I don't. I don't know about many of you listeners out there what it is you're seeking. It's hard to tell what is going on in the mindset of the American people right now. Because... The people who follow me on my Facebook, on my Twitter, they are very frustrated with what's with what's going on in the world, yet they feel lost, that they can't do anything about it. Folks, I have a hard time doing these shows lately because I've spoken about everything pretty much I feel there is to be spoken about over the last 20 years of three hours a day on the radio. But every time I try to pull away, I get pulled back in because... If we don't stand up, who will? And I don't want to be sitting there someday with my children in chains saying, I watched it happen. I knew it was going to go on, but I didn't fight. Is that how you want to go down? Is that what you want to do? Where's the protest against this January 6th commission? Where are the people out there saying, you know, uh, this is insane. This is idiotic. The America Out Loud Network exists because of you. Check out the sponsors. Check out the people who support this network. And folks, fight. Fight for freedom. Fight for liberty. Fight for the Constitution of the United States of America. Share the shows you like. Share the information you want to share. But make sure information you're sharing is accurate. Please do that at least because accurate information is what separates us from the left. The left is not above lying to achieve their goals. Not one bit. The left will lie, cheat, and steal to achieve their goals of domination over our lives. It is just a fact of life, folks. The disciple of liberty is who you should be. The disciples of liberty is how we should unite. Folks, stand up, take your shots. Fight for freedom, fight for liberty, and fight for America. God bless you. God bless our country. See you next time.